Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... Snow? Snow! Unspun. The weather outside is frightful. Oh my lord. That's, I'm, I'm at Winter. home and you can see I got my headset on if you're watching because I had to rush home because uh, I didn't want to get caught in the nightmare that is Vancouver drivers when it snows. Public service announcement. <laughs> if you don't need to drive. Yes. If you don't have to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Just stay home. Just Ding for dong. the next couple of days. Especially, and this is like, put the little asterisk by the. You have no <laughs> business driving on crappy tires. That's oh, just, what are people thinking? And I'm, I'm driving them fourth and I'm a pretty good driver and still like all everybody says, but you know. Oh my God! It's just it's not about you. Keep moving. Stop. Why are you stopping? You stop. You're stuck. And it's just like everybody's getting stuck and spinning their wheels because they decided, oh, I better drive home now. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, just don't. You know. People always find a reason to just. But we've we've had days of warning. Mm -hmm. It's going to be minus twenty in Vancouver with the wind chill on Friday. If you're watching this on Friday, you oh. probably already know this, but um, we are going into places that we're not used to. And I really feel for the the remarkable high numbers of people without homes right now. I can't help but think about being someone with nowhere to go in yeah. this weather. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Are you referring? I mean, it's, it's terrible, but is that related to the Oppenheimer Park tent removal? Are you referring? But, I mean, you, the tent's yeah. not the right place to be either. No. I mean, typically in Vancouver on a snowy day, you could... You could probably manage for a couple of days bundled up in a tent with a propane heater that might or might not kill you. Um, yeah. But People, for the next uh, couple of days, that's not safe, man. Like, we need to be checking on one another. We need to be figuring ourselves out. But, you know, tent cities are not the answer. But, yet yeah, they pop up time and again, don't they? I, I just can't believe they're back at Oppenheimer Park. I'm thinking, oh, my God. Seriously, it's those who don't remember... Twice Oppenheimer Park, I think over three times it's been taken yeah. over. Uh, and we spent millions and millions and millions remediating. remediating it. Went through a whole process to get everybody homes and those who don't want it. And then they all just moved to the downtown east, to the streets. Or no, they didn't move to, where did they go? They went to... Uh, New Westminster? You know, Crab went, Park. No. Crab, no. Well, there they went to Crab Park. Strathcona. And Strathcona. And then they, they were also on the streets of Hastings. We'd been to Vancouver. And, and then they were removed there. It's it's you know it's whack a mole of uh, of a housing crisis a homelessness crisis but a lot of the you talk to staff and the people that were re removing the tents on Hastings Street uh, at the end of whatever it was last summer or not, yeah last winter uh, they people just it didn't was Ken leave. Sims first sort of real well it was act, happening right? before that too it was happening before that. oh it was happening we were, before that no 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 yeah, but I mean to we remove trying, no to no they really were removing like, they were they were trying before remember we were talking about it it was a parkour we, problem. Yeah, we know we're talking about the street problem too because oh, the street problem way for back sure. In August of twenty, what year are we in? Twenty twenty. <laughs> well, year? it got really bad in the pandemic. Twenty two, sure. twenty two. Yeah. So, uh, happy New Year, by the way. Uh, oh. I guess I forgot to say our first time back after Christmas and New Year. Is this our first time back? I've been working got, through the whole thing, you slacker. Me too. No, me too. I got a text from a couple of our fans, uh, uh and and uh, Keith, um, Keith, um. Uh, he's emailing to say, "What's going on? What's happening? Where are you guys? How many have back? we done now? How many? How many? 
240 today. 240. So 240. Wow. I know. Weeks. That's a lot of weeks of unspun podcast. I, uh, good to know people still want us to do it because there was a time where we we're like, do we? But now we're in another election cycle and we got to talk about that. Let's let's go provincial. Let's let's talk yes. about how um, Premier David Eby's um, polling numbers right now mm-hmm. are dipping. Yeah, because uh, of no surprise healthcare. What were they? They were record numbers, like seventy-one percent approval rating during COVID yeah. uh, for the NDP. Uh, but now people are going. Uh, I can't get into the emergency department. I can't get a bed. I'm in the hallway. I'm being put in the hotel. I can't yeah. get a GP. The hospital in Surrey is still not built. What's happening? What's going on? Uh, and so their their support for their certainly for healthcare has plummeted. Um, and we talked yeah, about this. Evie should have called that election a year ago. I don't know why I right. didn't. We were talking yeah. about you that did here. say that you did say that back then that you thought it was coming sooner rather than later because he was enjoying you know the because I yeah. Linda and I have uh Adrian Dix on our show this week in studio with us to talk mm-hmm. through some of the healthcare struggles for sure and as much as he likes to sparkly things um Rag the puck, I guess, in an interview. He he's yeah, so the that's bit nice, long-winded. That's a nice I love, way to say it. I know, right? He's very, and I'm like, come on, bring uh-huh. it around. But he um, you know, he's he's very we put those polling numbers in front of him and he pointed mm-hmm. to them and and did, you know, say some might argue, and there are definitely gonna be people who are like, not me, but some would argue that w- British Columbia managed healthcare-wise through the pandemic fairly well when you compare us to the world when it came to um yes. you know just just the the data around it and and we sure. didn't lock down and schools stayed open and yeah. we were you know I think Dr. Henry I you know I think Dr. Henry did a great job so I'm I'm just giving my perspective of what what Adrian Dix was saying what the health minister was saying today was about where these numbers are and the polling is like cuz it it has all of the provinces are down because the healthcare system across the board is struggling. What happens here in BC is people are moving here in droves. We don't have the healthcare system in place to support that. There were like 300,000 new British Columbians last year. Um, and like, we're not even talking about housing. We're not even talking mm-hmm. about other stuff. We're talking about just our healthcare system. There were 300,000 new MSP citizens in bc last year and and people were exiting like it's a perfect storm of i don't i don't know that having a a different party in charge but as you often tell us it's these issues that when it when it hits voters where they live and and health certainly does um you're not surprised that the approval rating dips i would say first of all you know good try there to spin that sucker (laughs) during dicks uh, I would also say mm, you might have thought about a cabinet shuffle there, buddy, when you had the chance, because he could have left that ministry saying, well, when I was there, you know, we had 71% approval rating. Uh, now it's crashing and he's going to have to take the blame for it. But this is a lesson in politics for those of you who are ever going into politics, you know, know uh, when to leave and when to when to high five and get out and do something else. Um, because also in general, you lose your creativity, you lose your zest for what you were doing. 
I'm not saying Adrian Dix is doing a bad job or good job. It's just it's just the nature of politics, whether it be a ministry or the or the premier or the prime minister or whatever it might be. There is this tide that comes in and you are either going in or going out. And and I think that, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't think there's enough there for the NDP to be too worried because we have, of course, as we talked about the split on the right, on the right, the, uh, BC yeah. United Conservatives. Um, and uh, that only spells bad news. The only thing that we could hope for is that you know that 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 the NDP won't get a super super majority, but I am sure they, based on the latest polls, anyways, even now they still get a pretty solid majority uh, in the next election. But you know, eight months, nine months is a million years in polls. A million years. But I will say a couple of things that because um, I was asking questions of the health minister, because um, I've gone months without a GP, uh, you know, my, my son's GP, my, my pediatrician fired him mid pandemic because she's just like, yeah, no. Um, and it's like, where, where do we go? What do, what do we do? Well, mm -hmm. if something goes down, we have to go to the hospital. Well, the hospital's full, like the beds are full, the emergency room's full, the doctors are exhausted. Like what yep. is going to give? Cause yeah. th this is untenable. And I mean, you know what I've been through in this last year in terms of losing my stepdad. I was navigating the healthcare system on two fronts with a, a dying parent and a parent who needs care and navigating both of those. We have a very, um, we're the Hawaii of Canada, other than on days like today when it's snowing. <laughs> but but elders like to live here. It's a climate that is is good for people, you know, let's say over the age of 70. We have the, we have the highest boomer population in the country mm -hmm. um and that weighs on our health healthcare system as sure. well there there was an article out this week about that showing that there are more complications per patient in hospital in bc that doesn't mean more people are dying it's just more people have more than one issue when they're coming in because they are over the age of 72 is what i think um was quoted in the article and and these are just the realities of of here and uh and how we're going to get to a place where those things are fixed and i and you know it, it is important that pharmacists can do more where remember my article in the orca about the pharmacist doing the strep test and then i had to go to the pediatricians and say right. hey he's got strep throat and they're like why did you go there and not here and i'm like well because we were there and they it was five dollars and i thought i was wasting your time over but they wanted me to be a six minute here's your prescription to get or to go to the lab to get the test done and then we can bill for that because that's what our system was before they changed to this new billing system that doctors apparently like much better yes right so there are these things that are slowly moving forward and and yet i followed up with the question is like but it's we're still having all the problems with you know getting primary care like primary care is a basic to socialized medicine, which is what we're selling ourselves on in this country. And, and that is a, that is a provincial issue and it is a federal issue. Yes. And of course the difference between getting doctors and building hospitals, there's this, uh, you know, it's, we talk a lot about this in government where you have, you're operating and your capital, you know, announcing big hospitals, getting money from yeah. all levels of government, all that kind of stuff. They're not, that's not happening to the level it should have in general for the last 20 or 30 years, just like housing, just like so many other portfolios, the federal and provincial governments download, download, download. They downloaded mental health care to cities. They downloaded 
so much that worked and out. eventually it ends up where you know in our own homes where we're taking care of people because yeah. they can't get into hospitals and they're dying in our homes uh, in, yeah. in basement suites across the city from fentanyl overdoses because they can't get proper mental health care treatment right. uh, this is asking where we're for at. help wanting asking for help, wanting to recover it. there's no yeah. system in place i think no. you know it's tr it's uh it's this generational shift in funding and and uh and and downloading to different levels of government. You know, I, I can go back to the, when I was on on my kids' pack, my school pack, and and I was going. This was kind of why I got into politics because I thought, what is going on? When I was a kid, I, I didn't have. As my parents didn't have to buy all the crayons in the classroom and and do all this fundraising for the school for basics. This is ridiculous. Amen. I know. And I so know. that just shows you that's from the province downloaded to the schools. The schools downloaded to the parents. The parents downloaded to where. Guess what? And As then the they added goes, a school tax, but then they tax added tax. the school tax to our property tax. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. while you're not getting, you're getting, you're getting dinged all over the place. Can we talk about getting dinged in Surrey? How about being a new recruited on the SPS and Brenda Locke not paying you? That's a thing. The battle continues in Surrey. So she's not paying. How, How does send? that work? How does that work? How does she not pay them? I mean, she holds the purse strings to the budget. She cut the budget for SPS by half last year, right? Just didn't put it in the new book. Well, I did not want thumb, that emoji to come up. Thumbs, thumbs down, I'd say. You, uh, for those who are you watching. You helped me with I know you, these... got it, you got it back. Now you can't do it when you want to do it. Uh, uh, this is a war this she started. She, I think she's going to win. You I do? I, I've said I, she's going to win. Well, she's certainly winning the PR battle. In her community, not I, paying recruits is well, a win. No, I mean her battle is uh, that this battle that she's having about whether it's going to be the Surrey Police or RCMP. The the tide, you know, the tide has changed towards uh, people saying in Surrey, mm, let's just keep the RCMP. It's definitely happening, and so you think when... so? You think that the provincial government is going to go? You know what? You're cool. We'll go back on what we said after after mandating that it moves forward. I you, can't predict. Go what ahead. This I can't predict what will happen, what might happen, and there's not a lot of time left. You know, we're in an election year. Um, is how this will play out in Surrey. So it's gonna it's gonna go on till October, and then will Brenda Locke be a hero or the devil? And then there'll be a potentially a leadership race for the BC uh, United. Who's gonna run for that? Well, maybe Brenda Locke. Now that she's the arch enemy of the NDP, uh, you know, the crazier things that happen. I could see, but I don't I don't see the. Well, and uh, you, you're right more than I am when it comes to the politics of things. But with everything that's going on with the RCMP on a federal level, with all of the reasoning behind why continuing the transition to the Surrey Police Services that the province has laid out as part of their plan. You're asking I, for logic and politics. You just I know, you, right? This is where I, that's why every time somebody's like, are you running for something? I'm like, no. <laughs> I can't. My brain doesn't work that way. It's <laughs> it's really something. But I I mean, the recruits deserve to be paid. That's that's I mean, cool. That's that is cool. that is some next. I think that is a PR problem for Brenda Locke to yeah. to go that low is to actually punish the people who would serve and protect people who will actually put themselves in harm's way on a daily basis by choice, in in the name of serving and protecting is just. I mean, 
it's time for Diane Watts to be brought in as a mediator to this relationship, I believe, maybe, or somebody who has, you know, some kind of influence to the people of Surrey and perhaps the mayor and has uh, respect provincially, potentially, and is not involved in politics anymore. Maybe she can, because she, on election night, when she and I were co-hosting the CTV election night coverage, uh, you know, uh, she immediately put solutions on the table when she saw saw what happened in Surrey and what Brenda Locke said that night. Yeah, uh, she the saw chief. this coming. She yeah. saw this coming, and she predicted, and she predict she came up with some solutions live on the spot that night. Maybe those solutions need to be considered, uh, and the province should take them more seriously. And maybe somebody needs to talk to Diane and get her in there and get them get her to help because That's there's one idea. place that people love Diane. Diane they love Diane Watts in Surrey. I'll tell you. And why did she get out of politics? Because there's no logic in it. (laughs) That's probably it. She lost. That's why she got out of politics. Right. But people lose and come back and go again, don't they? Yeah. If you're a winner and then you lose, yeah, it's kind of like, man, why bother? Oh, I'm just depends on your depends on. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, you were right. going to get my reference to South of the Border oh, politics. It's oh wild. I can, I don't, oh, I had to listen. I was so confused by it. I, I don't know I'm jumping over Trump, but that that court case, that whole thing, I was so confused by this this argument. But then I listened to New York Times podcast and I'm like, oh, well, this is really challenging because they I'm just going to sort of they, they, they have this dilemma where he's arguing, hey, the president should have this kind of power to be able to whatever. And he's saying, you know, they kill Community. people, but I have to kill people. Yeah. And so, and of course, we all know that that's kind of what we think that presidents do all the time. It's in the spy movies, right? Don't they go and, you know, get the, this person killed and that person taken care of and this issue done and, you know, whatever. Uh, but the other argument, so he's saying, you got to let me be able, you got to let the president be able to do that. You can't take that away from them. Uh, the other argument is that, but if you let him do that, of course, what, he's going to knock off Biden? Who else? Is, you know, what, what, what length do you get this immunity because that's what, the, that's what, what he was dilemma. saying. He's he should he should have immunity even if he were to it's a uh, target a political crazy. opponent. It's, it's like it's unbelievable. It's the biggest paradox that this their court system. I don't even understand how they're going to make this work because I understand both sides. I totally get it. You go, yeah, of course, you want the president to be able to make those kind of decisions. I assume that but there's never perhaps, been a president you know, who speaks the way he does and lies the way he does. There's never been a president in the United States who actively attempted a coup. Like he, there's never been a president trying to, you know, insert fake electors. Like there's just never been, and refused to acknowledge that he lost the election. Like that was one of the things he were going on to us politics here, but watching the debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis last night, Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't be astounding to hear Nikki Haley say Donald Trump lost in 2020. Joe Biden won that election. But she's literally I've never heard her say that until last night. Because like the fact- polling Republicans, 81 percent now say he didn't lose or something crazy numbers saying he didn't. He, he won the election. Right. Because if they it- say it out loud enough, it becomes true. That's called <laughs> yes. gaslighting. Yes. Like it's just not it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I, it's, and it's and I don't like well. the fact that our politics here to shift it back to what we're seeing yes. in Surrey is as crazy and messy and yeah. personal and 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 barky as it is. There needs to be adults in the room. The city of Surrey deserves better. It deserves our, our provincial government should be focused on other things. There are other things to focus on than whether it's the RCMP or the SPS. And the, the two of those bodies are not aligned in helping one another serving and protecting the community should be a priority 
period. The rest of this stuff should be, should have been sorted out long ago, in my opinion, but then they're, they're me again, using, um, you know, rationale. It, it seems to me to, it's because there's where it doesn't equal what's going on in the States as far as his argument for what I was describing there. The argument that, that Surrey is trying to make is not, doesn't fly necessarily because as we've talked about many times, municipalities serve at the pleasure of the province. And so you can't argue, you could take this to the other, whatever level of court, I can't imagine a court arguing differently. They would say, look, the province made a decision. They oversee the administrative administration of our, of our municipal governments through the municipal act and the Vancouver charter. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Suck it. But you said just a few minutes ago that you think Brenda Locke wins in the end. This is politics. I'm talking about it. I'm talking, I'm talking oh. judicial system. This oh, okay. is politics. Oh, I, I misunderstood you because I thought I thought you meant she would ultimately get what she's trying to get. She might. Means. Yes, because but so the far. Province, but you just said that, that the city serves the province. The province has said oh, yeah, this I'm is saying, what's happening. Yeah, that, that's you're going logical again. Jody. Well, no, but just explain that to our, our viewer. I, people, I know you love and I, I know you yeah, love yeah. to argue. I know you love a debate and I know you love to be provocative. So I'm good. Yeah. You've entertained me. Yeah, but no, now the, explain the listener. The 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 power of popularity is insatiable to politicians. They they just can't get enough of it. They need it. They need it. It's their oxygen. And if they sense that they're gonna lose the PR battle, they're losing the spin. The spin's heading the wrong way for them, which is, is certainly the case for the NDP right now in Surrey, which is an important area. And I've said this from day one, that this is polling and all that kind of stuff that's happening in not only Surrey, but whatever happens in Surrey happens is the mood of the of the valley for the most part, um, is going to impact the NDP. And so it, they can't win without the valley. They can't win potentially without Surrey. Uh, so they need Surrey, they need Langley, they need all those, those areas in order to ensure that they get their majority. Uh, if Brenda Locke is posing such a challenge to them through this by being so uh, stubborn, then they are going to sit up and go, is it worth it? Is this worth it? Let's just, you know what, let's find a different solution. Or they go into the election with this still unsolved, because maybe they've seen, I think we're on the right side of this issue. And we're going to beat her on this and we're going to show Surrey and because Surrey has our support or whatever specific, you know, data they have that we wouldn't have. And right. believe me, the polling that political parties do is much stronger than the stuff you ever see publicly uh, is, is, is will be way, will be will be what really calls it. But right now, public polling is showing that it's 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 heading on to Brenda Locke's side of the argument. Right. It's the part of the RCMP. Is that true for the NDPs and 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 uh, BC United and the Conservative parties polling behind the scenes? Uh, although I doubt that United and Conservative have enough money for the kind of polling that I'm talking about, but the NDP sure do. So they they will have their data, even though they all deny that they they don't. Oh no, we're not. We're not. They, of course they are, and yeah. they will know where they stand on this issue. And if they are, if it's heading in the wrong direction, and they lose two, three, four seats, five seats, six seats because of this issue. They'll change their mind. Of course they will. They're politicians. Easy. That would be for I think that would be um remarkable for well, for for people who use reason to to understand that somebody can basically hold a budget 
because the Surrey Police Services transition would already be done, which the people of Surrey voted for initially with what's his name? Sorry, Doug McCallum. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. What's his name? Um, with Mayor McCallum, mm -hmm. they voted for this transition. Mm -hmm. And and that's the lesson here that I'm looking at as, as a uh, voting citizen of British Columbia is that when the provincial government said, we are going to make it a rule because of this mess that from now on, if you ask to transition to something, it's, there's no going back because mm -hmm. this is really hurting the people of Surrey. I think that the, that the amount of money that's being spent and the amount of toxicity around this and the amount of like focus and manpower and the things that could be getting done instead of this, um, you know, if they just turn around and go, yeah, never mind. We'll just, yeah, whatever you say, um, that will I, I, see I, them lose more in I the can, long run. Because it's not, for me, it's not about Surrey. I don't live there. I don't really have any skin in the game other than, I mean, growing up, I lived south of the Fraser. And I know that Surrey has been the butt of a joke for a long time. And the people there in this fastest growing city in the country deserve to be, you know, to, to be led. And I don't think they're being led right now. I wish Brenda Locke was stepping up and saying, you know what? Okay, I'm going to work with what we've got here. And we're going to, you know, we're going to get things done and, and move forward. She, It feels to me like she's having a hissy fit after hissy fit after hissy fit. Because she's saying things that aren't true. Well, don't when, let that when she's get like, in the way of good politics. I don't have a budget. I, I, it's like, yeah, you, you do. The most recent example I can give you of, of, of the level that this is at would be the yeah. HST, where Gordon Campbell did not campaign right. that he was going to bring in the HST. He didn't talk about it. In fact, I believe, you know, was asked and said he wouldn't. And then as soon as he got elected, after being in office for 11 years, brought in the HST, which, by the way, is actually a pretty good tax, um, much better than the GST, PST that we have for business anyways. But he really made people mad and was pushed out of office and they reversed a massive massive decision and cost of the taxpayers and years of impact on small business and and on our province's future it's just just because he did it badly and he and he presented it badly and he did it badly politically and they, they reversed a decision a decision that should not have been reversed it should have been brought in hst is a good tax it makes total sense it's a it's a solid weighted tax it makes it's and and but because he did it the wrong way they doesn't matter that the decision that the, 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 the that this option is the better option. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. But see the difference between the hypothetical of the HST versus PST GST. Hypothetical. Well, no, that when it comes to the policing piece, is that we can look at the the fact that the RCMP are spread so thinly throughout the province that the staffing piece for Surrey to to go to the levels that are required there. That's what's at play here. Is there like from from the people who know policing and from people living around the province wondering why crime rates are spiking in their rural areas uh the answer is there aren't enough police to to protect in those spaces and places like the move towards municipal police forces elsewhere not even to do with surrey is is a thing right now like talking mm -hmm. federally about taking the rcmp and making them more like the fbi and and having you know provincial police forces like the OPP, like the Ontario Police um, Force, there, and then you have municipal to support the provincial, right? Like that's the model. It seems like 
we're headed towards, would it then be no? Yeah, I think no. I think I think my prediction at this point would be the only way out of this for the provincial government is to announce a massive review of our policing system uh, in order to look at bringing in a provincial police force in order so this doesn't happen again. And that right. would be a smart move on EB's part to do that. Or but you'd still have municipal police forces. To, to do that and say, but just to be clear, could... though, mm -hmm. with the provincial police, you'd still have municipal police forces under the police because there's still Toronto police mm -hmm. and there's the OPP. They're, they both exist. I would say for Vancouver's sake, it'd be a lot cheaper if we had a provincial police force than a city one. The six seven hundred million dollar line item in the city budget, if that could be reduced by twenty percent by going provincial, uh, you know, but the unions uh, will have a say on that. And you know, I was I trying think to make it, my I, point. I think I made my point. Did I make it my point? It doesn't matter if did I make my you know, point? Yeah, yeah. I just think that the province okay. will, uh, you know, make the they'll be. It's, this is politics. The province will call a review. Or, or they'll stick it out until the election and let the next government figure this out. That's right. But you predict that it'll be the same government, just perhaps not with the same power because there's a split on the right. Sorry. These very, 5 p.m. unspuns are way more... I'd, I'd be very surprised if if uh, if the NDP lost, but anything could happen in politics. Nine months out, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Metro Vancouver uh, carbon pollution pricing, something or other on buildings. Yeah, I would say they want to tax uh, the buildings that are. Vancouver's been doing a lot of this over the years, which is, you know, your carbon a carbon tax basically for how much, whatever kind of systems you're using or whatever. And uh, it's a way to discourage, you know, it's a way to encourage, discourage, encourage building owners to make sure their buildings are up to the level that they should be. So it's just basically another tax, though, right? And of course, right now, what is the vacancy rate? Twenty percent. 20%. So these building owners are already suffering um, through the pandemic and now this. And uh, maybe people say, oh, poor building owners. But, you know, it, it's when you have 20% vacancy rate, you're a business. You're losing a lot of money, potentially. Uh, and it's not good for the economy. So now they Inflation and interest like, rates and yeah. affordability and all the other things like that. This tax. just is like, oh, my God. Can we just wait a bit for this kind of stuff? I know the environment's important, but is this the time? And is this money really going to go to the environmental issues or is it going to go into a giant, you know, it's just a tax grab? We'll see. Yeah. But I'm skeptical. That's the part that gets me is yeah. like, where is follow that money? Is it going to actually change anything? No government. Where does that money go? Should be taxing beyond, certainly beyond the rate of inflation. It's just cruel otherwise. It's just cruel. Right. You have right. so it's ridiculous out there for everybody, individuals, businesses. It's expensive and it's going and getting more expensive. Can the government? This is why when times are good, you save so that you can use that money when times are bad, so you don't have to tax people right. when times are bad, which is what exactly is happening in Vancouver because previous governments, even though I yelled and screamed and said, You guys, we've got to save this money that we're bringing in. You can't spend like drunken sailors. I literally, that's a quote from me. While we're going through this great, robust economy, economic times, you've got to save this money and keep our taxes at a level that's rate of inflation and stock it away for when times, which they will be, be worse. And they didn't. And we didn't in Vancouver. They did in Burnaby. They didn't in Vancouver. And as a result, we're seeing 10% tax increases when none of us can afford it. It's just bad management and bad government. How do we get out of it, George? <laughs> That's why we'll continue both, to do unspun. Both for Pedro. Both. <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, on that note, we should stressful. probably go. We should we probably should. go and have dinner because there's a late night uh, version, as you said. After five, it's the midnight hour here on the on the uh, Unspun Podcast. Broadcast. Yeah, it's dark. It's dark and it's negative, and we're fighting about <laughs> stuff. Dogs are barking. Uh, Cats are howling. Snow is snowing. Twenty twenty four. Out of control. I will say, though, that you and Amanda had us over for a lovely dinner this holiday season, and that was nice because we hadn't been in the same room for a long time, my friend, and, and it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm glad we're back on Unspun, and we'll try not to. You stayed late. You stayed late. I was very surprised. I didn't think you were such a late partner. Well, I looked, at, I looked at my watch. I'm like, oh, geez, we should probably go. Like, I could have stayed. It was... The neighbors all showed up eventually, and then everybody else, and their friends, and everybody else. You know, that's Oh, really? Oh, that's nice. Endless here. We left because we thought we were overstaying. <laughs> so funny. Never. Next time we'll stay late. Thank you for coming. And thank, thank you for you listening for to us. Unspun Podcast, everybody. That's right. Where do they go to find more, George? They oh, go to Twitter. George <laughs> underscore Affleck at George underscore Affleck. I'm at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y. Unspunpodcast.com, where you can go back into the archives and listen to George and I argue with each other <laughs> once a week for 30 minutes. It's the fastest 30 in politics and all things uh, unspun. We try and take the spin out of things. And you did that tonight, I got to say, in the, <laughs> in the evening edition. Rationale has no place in politics. <laughs> It's, okay. On that note, I will say goodbye. We'll talk more next week. Bye.